Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. Yeah, all right. So last week we talked about what? We talked about the Holy Spirit coming in the last days. And we looked at Acts 2, Acts chapter 2, Joel 2, and the Spirit coming in the last days. If they were in the last days back then, and we're now toward, more towards Jesus coming back, how much more are we in the last days now, right? So we should be full of the Spirit. All right, well now the question is, how do we do that? Like, how do we live a Spirit-filled life? Uh, tonight we're going to look at that, but before we do that, right now is a great time to ask you the question, have you ever been distracted? <laughs> Have you ever, somebody give me an example, like how do you get distracted? Or, TikTok, yeah, for sure. Time sync. Shoes, what do you do with shoes? Just shopping, all right. Huh? Online shopping, yeah, Amazon, eBay, if you're against Amazon, what'd you say? Huh? Friends, come on, that's good. Movies. Uh, you know, and sometimes you set out to do something, and the project actually grows after you start it. Like, and this is actually a term that like project managers use called scope creep. So where like, the scope of your project gets bigger after you agree to do it, right? Like maybe uh, you decide you wanna send a video to your friend. You could just use your cell phone and send a video, but let's say you go out and you buy a new camera and you get software, you gotta learn how to use the software. Now all of a sudden this really easy task or simple task has a much bigger task, like all these other things add onto it. So that's not good when that happens in school. It's not good when that happens in work. It's not good when that happens in the kingdom of God and it happens all the time. So what's happening when that, whenever we get distracted is the main thing ceases to be the main thing, right? We have a goal and now we're all of a sudden onto other things. That's not what we wanna do. Tonight, we want to make sure that God is the main thing in our life. We want to make sure that He's the center of our heart. All right. All right. I was reading the Bible this week and in my private time, and there was a passage that really stuck out to me. I'm reading about, uh, I'm reading through 2 Chronicles, which is like the story of the kings of Israel and all that. And uh, who knows who David's son was? What king came after David? His son. Solomon. And the son after that, his son was. I'd be surprised if you know this. Huh? Close. Rehoboam. So Rehoboam was the grandson of David. And uh, Rehoboam, like the rest of them, had his good moments and he had his bad moments, okay? But here's what it says in chapter 12, verse 14. It says, Rehoboam did evil because he had not set his heart on the Lord. Rehoboam did evil because he had not set his heart on seeking God. So, all right, so... Basically, that is that God's people have always struggled to be faithful to God, right? Since Israel to today, we struggle to be faithful to God. Um, and there's this really interesting quote. Raise your hand if you know C.S. Lewis. You ever heard that name? He wrote a book called uh, Mere Christianity. It's really popular. And Chronicles of Narnia is really popular. Uh, my favorite book, one of them is uh, The Weight of Glory. And he basically says this in the beginning. He said, it would seem that our Lord, Jesus, finds our desires not too strong, but too weak, right? We don't have too much passion. We don't have enough passion about God. He says, we're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when we could have infinite joy. He said, we're like a little kid who gets invited to go to the beach, but the kid's so like obsessed with making mud pies in the city 
that he doesn't understand what a great opportunity it is to go to the beach. We're like that when it comes to the kingdom of God. We, we're, we're way too satisfied. We're happy to know that we're going to heaven. I would say, I'm now I'm interpreting Lewis. We're happy to know that we're going to heaven and we don't ever move on to knowing God more in this life and to sharing God with people who are passing by and everything, our classmates, our family and all that. So we're too easily satisfied. Remember, uh, Matthew, what well, no, 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 back up, back up. Here's another good Chronicles verse. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this, The eyes of Yahweh, the eyes of God, range or go throughout the earth looking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. I'll say it again. The eyes of God range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. God is looking for people whose hearts are fully devoted to Him. Fully devoted. And He wants to strengthen them. So here's, what, here's the main pitch tonight, okay? If we want to see the eyes of the blind open, if we want to see demons cast out, if we want to see the dead raised, if we want to see the lost found, we have to fully commit our lives to following Jesus. Jesus can't be number two in our life. He has to be number one in our life, right? Remember he said in uh, Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. But the kingdom of God has to be first, right? It can't be second to anything. But we get distracted. We get distracted with things. And what's the la- one of the last things Jesus said when it, before he left to go back to the Father? Jesus died, rose again, and he appeared to his disciples, and he gave what we call now the great co-mission, right? Co-mission. We're going to partner with God in this mission. He says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you. And behold, I'm with you till the end of the age. Right? So when it comes to making disciples, churches, also ministries, we can get distracted. We can get caught up in fun activities. We can get caught up in all kinds of things. Uh, Welcome, Matthew. But here's one great piece of advice a church leader, old man, said in Memphis. He said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Right? kingdom of God has to be first. Making disciples should be a, the number one priority in our life. Knowing God and making Him known. Whenever God takes second place, we've slipped into idolatry. And uh, the number one uh, competitor on the throne of my heart, God should be on the throne of my heart. The number one competitor that kicks Him off is the guy in the mirror. It's me. I'm the one who takes His place because I'm selfish and I want to please myself. I want to do what I want to do. And so I have to keep myself in check, right? All right. So here, here's the last verse. We're going to, I really hope you'll kind of jot this one down in your mind. Go check it out sometime. But it's in the book of Leviticus. Ah, no one likes Leviticus, all these laws. But check this out. This is really interesting. All right. So the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons this command. This is what God says. Uh, he gives them the. Uh, we're in Leviticus six eight to thirteen. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offerings to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till the morning, and the fire. Did you catch it? The fire must be catch, burning um, all through the night until the morning. 
Uh, fire must be kept, uh, let me back up. The fire must be kept burning on the altar, verse 10. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes uh, with linen undergarments by his body and remove the ashes of the burnt offering. The, the fire is consumed, verse 11. Then he's to take off these clothes. He changes clothes, okay? But uh, verse 12, what's it say again? The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, I love this, every morning the priest has to add firewood to the altar to keep the fire burning. That's interesting. And he arranges the burnt offering on the fire and burns the fat of the offerings. Again, verse 13, the fire must be kept continually burning on the altar. It must not go out. Three times in this little passage, uh, God tells the Israelites to keep the fire burning. He says it three times. Keep the fire burning. You've got to add firewood because the fire can't go out. So tonight, what we're talking about is the new altar. We don't actually burn offerings anymore, right? We don't make sacrifices except for in our hearts. Our hearts are our main desire, are the central place where our desires function. That's the real altar. God is in competition with everything else for my heart. My heart's the altar. And so when we're talking about being full of the Holy Spirit and overflowing with the Spirit to share Jesus, what we're talking about is keeping the passion alive in our heart of keeping the fire burning in our heart. Uh, you know, Hebrews 10, 12 says, Our high priest Jesus offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, uh, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Jesus offered himself, right, as the main sacrifice forever. There's no more sacrifices. The sacrifice has been made, and now the altar of my heart has to be kept burning. I need to not let it grow cold. And, you know, fire in the Bible is a place, uh, fire is a, often a thing used to represent God's presence. You know, God led Israel out of Egypt with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He appeared to Moses in the bush uh, burning in fire. You know, you have the vision of the chariots of fire, this heavenly thing on fire. Uh, whenever the Holy Spirit comes, these tongues of fire rest on the people. John the Baptist said, he baptizes in water, but the one coming after him will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire, right? So now we want to be people, we're supposed to be as Christians, people on fire for God. I know I have a shadow right now. Um, he's trying to catch some fire. That's good. So when we're full of the Holy Spirit, that's not just some random spirit. That is the Holy God Spirit. That is His presence that we carry. And so as carriers of His presence, we are stewards of his presence and stewards of this holy fire okay all right so we're almost done actually i want to tell you three things that happen when you burn uh for god right three there are three three things that happen whenever we make god first first our vision is changed if you make god first in your life your vision will change your, your perspective will change if you really put god first on your on your heart remember we ate, we ate over there not long ago, uh, and we talked about uh, the man who was blind. Jesus healed his blindness, but first the guy comes back. Jesus says, hey, can you see? And the guy says, well, kind of. I see people, but they look like trees. And then Jesus says, go back and wash again. And he comes back, he can see. The message in that miracle is that some of us can see, but not really. Some of us spiritually can see, but our vision is blurred. And whenever we put God first, Luke... Our, our vision will be clear and our vision will change. All right, second thing that happens when we put God first. All right. 
When you put God first, pressure is released. Pressure is released. Because if God's first, that means He's on the altar of your heart. Alright? And if He's on the altar of the heart, you're not. And guess what's going to go away? A lot of your selfish pride. Okay? And you know what happens when your pride goes away? A lot of your self-consciousness goes away. The reason we don't want to look stupid in class of asking a dumb question or in church is because we're proud. We, we, we should already know this. We, it's, it's below us. We shouldn't have to ask questions. But whenever you put God first, uh, some pressure will come off. You'll, you'll feel free to make mistakes if you're doing it with an honest intention. That's a good thing. I like, I like feeling free. I don't know about you. I don't like to feel bound. I like to feel free. Okay. The third thing that happens whenever we submit everything to God is that a hunger will start to develop in us, a hunger for righteousness, to live a holy life, and a hunger to make fruit for God, to bear fruit. So my life is not about me anymore. Our life will become about doing something that God's proud of, right? About telling other people about Him and stuff like that. So those are the three things that will happen whenever we're not distracted uh, from our mission with God. Now let's get really simple. How do we do that, right? How do, we, how do we put God on the altar of our heart? Well, obviously, first thing is, if you haven't obeyed the gospel, obey the gospel, right? We need to, you need to believe that Jesus died for our, your sins and that God raised him from the dead and he sits on the throne and repent from sin, confess him as Lord, be baptized if you haven't, okay? I think everybody here has done that, but uh, that's the obvious thing. And you know, I have to repent every day. Every day I wake up and say, Lord, I turn to you. I don't want all these things that are catching my attention. I, I want you. But the second thing we need to do is seek God every morning, right? Just like those priests in Leviticus 8, was it 8 or 6? Leviticus 6, 8. The priests had to go in and put new firewood uh, in the altar every day. So every day when, when we wake up, we should put new firewood in the altar of our heart. We need to read scripture and pray. Uh, at some points we need to fast. And if you're like me, honestly, when I wake up, I like to exercise first thing. But you know what? When I exercise, I put on the headphones and I listen to the Bible or I listen to a sermon or even just really good Christian music and try to meditate on the kingdom of God while I'm exercising. But I need to put firewood on the altar of my heart every morning. All right, last thing is to obey Jesus and consider his commands more important than my desires. We just talked about the Great Commission. And so the number one way I can get my spiritual batteries charged, if I've prayed, I've read the Bible, I've fasted, I've repented, but I still feel dry, is I go out and tell somebody about Jesus. I don't know if you've ever done that. It's kind of intimidating if you've never done it, if you're being honest. Maybe not. Maybe you're bold. You're awesome at it. You should come over here and teach us all how to do that sometime. Uh, but that is a great way to get your fire going uh, because Jesus is awesome. Okay, and that's basically what we're going to talk about after spring break, all right? So hopefully over spring break, you can take a chance to recharge, really, you know, uh, put some firewood on the altar of your heart, you know, like focus on Jesus. Don't let life distract you. Don't let school distract you. Just spend some significant time with God and ask him what's next for you. And when we come back, uh, one of the very first things we're going to do after spring break is I'm going to share some methods, some advice, some do's and don'ts for how to share the gospel with people and after we've we've shared that a little bit and kind of feel like we understand maybe the week after that or at some point we're going to break into the little teens and go out and actually do that okay so yeah so if you need to respond to this in any way you know uh feel free to talk to me or lynn lee after this we're happy to pray for you or 
to talk about the Bible, whatever you know, whatever it is. But uh, thanks so much, guys, for coming to eat with us and 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 just thinking about God for a while. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I still enjoy learning how to how to gather people in the middle of the campus. I think maybe down there next time will be better. But it's all good. It's all good. Father, right now we just thank you that you're God. We thank you that you love us, uh, Lord. We pray your blessing on each person here. Keep them safe over spring break. God, would you be on the throne of our hearts right now? God, we give you everything. We bow down to you. We confess your Lord, not us. And we ask that you would use us, Lord, to burn with passion, to share other people, share with other people your love for them, to save them from their sins, to live with you forever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.